had my American passport. It was awesome. And uh, I, if I'm being really honest, I, I got to a point where, because every time you go in and out of a country, you get stamps, right? So I had work visas and stamps, and, and I started to take a lot of pride in my passport. Because this was the passport of a world citizen. Somebody cosmopolitan. Ins and outs of this country and that country. Someone who wasn't just an American, but a citizen of the world. But there were a few times I really liked having that American passport. And not because of the stamps in it. Remember one time uh, my buddy and I were, <laughs> we were stupid. We were in Turkey and we um, were on a bus and we were visiting uh, the ruins of a Roman city uh, in, near Izmir. And we were exhausted because we weren't paying for hotels and so we were sleeping on buses and trains. And so we had done this. We got really tired and we fell asleep on the bus. And we woke up at the bus's terminus, wherever the heck that was. And we were really far from, like, cities in Turkey. We were really far from people who spoke English in Turkey. And we were kind of scared. At that moment, you know, because you have the fanny pack thing, the little, sl- it's slender, it's to prevent, it's, it's not a fanny pack, it's like a thing that you wear around yourself and it's like really slim, it's to prevent pickpocketing. And, you, and, and right inside was the American passport. Nobody is going to mess with us as long as we've got this. Because the full weight and power of the United States government is behind anybody who holds this in their hand. Similarly, when the, the, the people of Philippi, they, they, their citizenship was Rome. It, it, they, they were in the, the, in the reaches of the empire. There were barbarians all around them. Um, they, they were combat experienced, so they weren't super terrified. But when things got hairy, they remembered, we are mini Rome. All of the power of Rome is behind us. We're, we're in Philippi, but our citizenship is Rome. And that makes them what we call a colony, right? They're a colony. They're, they're there to bring, bring, bring Rome to the, the barbarians, to the uncivilized people. Which brings us to the first thing you notice. Because our citizenship is from heaven, the church is a heavenly colony on earth. Okay, we, we again, our, our, our natural go-to is to say, oh, I'm this kind of American or that kind of American. I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm all these things, right? But really, what Paul is saying, is he's like, really, you're not. Really, you're from heaven. That's where your home is, just like the Philippians were from Rome. They, most of them have never seen Rome, but that was where they're from. That's their home, right? Similarly, we, we've never seen heaven. We haven't been there, but that's our home. And we have been assigned this little place, this church, on this hill, and your homes, wherever you live, and wherever you are, and wherever we are, that is a colony sent from heaven as an outpost in a barbarian world. And fundamentally, you are not Irish American. You are heavenly. You're from heaven. You're not, your, your, your culture is not Romanian culture. It's not 
Southern California culture. It's heavenly culture. You are a colony. We are a colony from heaven. What does that mean? Uh, it, once you start to think this way, once you start to realize what Paul's doing is he's, he's fundamentally shifting our identity from what we naturally assume. I'm Philippian, I'm American, whatever, I'm Californian. He, he, once you see that he's flipping it to, to heaven, and once you start to see that he wants us to, to think of ourselves as that's where our home is, the beginning of his text makes sense. Let's look at it again. He says, brothers and sisters, become imitators of me. Watch those who live as I live. Use us as models. But you see, Paul, he knows what heaven's like. He knows what heavenly culture is like. And he's like, if you want to know how to live in this place, you need to have a culture like mine. Remember, when, when, the, when the, the people of Philippi, when they came to, to Philippi, they weren't like, oh, let's just do whatever the barbarians do. They're like, no way. Rome is way better. Rome has a place where gladiators come and kill each other. The barbarians would never have anything that civilized. You know, so they, they had a mentality of what it's supposed to look like. They, they have a forum, and, and, a, and a, they don't have a forum where we discuss ideas and make laws. They don't have a marketplace where we sell goods. And they, they're awful. We know they, you don't assimilate to the barbarians. You bring Rome to them. You're like, look how awesome this is. And you live out that culture here. Paul's saying the same thing. Because we're a colony from heaven, we're living heaven's culture here. And if you're not sure what that looks like, look at me. Because I'm really good at it. I've been doing it all my life. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it, you've got to think about how crazy it is that Christian faith has been around for 2,000 years-ish. More now. And as, as different as our existence is from, say, you know, our Roman Catholic friends, our Orthodox friends, our mainline denominational friends, isn't it crazy that universally, over 2,000 years, you can go to any church and you can find some of these things. Baptism. Practiced in many different ways. Some people do the sprinkling, some do the dunking. We do the dunking. Communion. You know, if you want to get a little tipsy on Sunday morning, you should go to an Episcopalian church. They don't, they don't mess around with their communion wine. We give you uh, grape juice. But we're both doing it. Prayer, repentance, forgiveness. Stop for a second and think about the idea of repentance. How often, when you're out and about, meeting people that you know, do they seem to have a real desire even a willingness, even like, like a, to, to be like, not only am I wrong, but I want to turn away from this and never go back to it. And yet I know that almost everyone here has done that in one way or another and continues to do that. Or forgiveness. How often do you meet somebody in the world who's been stabbed in the back? And even though it hurts, and even though it takes them a while, they say, I forgive you, let's go back to the way it was. 
That doesn't happen. Well, because obviously the smart move is when someone stabs you in the back, you stab them in the throat. Right? That's how you get ahead. And yet, over 2,000 years, there has been an insistence that the church be a place of forgiveness, of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, a thousand chances. That we never quit on people. Nowhere else is like that. Well, there's one place. Home. Heaven. You might be thinking, well, wait, wait, there's no forgiveness in heaven. In heaven, no one needs to be forgiven. Okay, I hear what you're saying. But let's just put it this way. In heaven, everything is 100% in keeping with God's will, his righteousness, his glory, his power, his purity, his holiness. And when we're here, we're constantly getting out of that. And so in order to bring that purity, that righteousness, that to, to, we have to forgive each other. We repent. We make changes. Next thing in your note sheets. The Christian colony brings heaven's culture to earth. That's really our mission. Our mission is to bring the culture that exists in heaven. And, and that's not just... Um, morality, right? Uh, notice that we did look at communion and baptism. It's, it's a set of practices. It's, a, it's an orientation to the way the world is. It's a culture. You know, you can't sum up Rome in a Colosseum. You can't sum up Rome in uh, the Forum. You can't even sum it up in the legions. There, there's a whole way of doing life, an, an entirely different way of doing life that's Roman. And similarly, there's an entirely different way of doing life that's heavenly, the life that we're all destined for. And we're supposed to look and make that real here, in this place, with barbarians at the gates. Look how uh, Paul ends this. He, so he's, he's like, okay, there's barbarians out there. You know, their God is their belly. But let's not be that, okay? Our citizenship, we're a colony from heaven, okay? And so what does he say? He says, we look forward to a savior that comes from there, heaven. Uh, it's a little odd because, especially if you've been in church for a long time, you hear the word savior and immediately you think about your sins being forgiven. And Jesus does do that. Um, but the word in Greek is sotera, and it can mean everything from... Uh, like savior to rescuer, deliverer. Uh, so, so if, if like, if I'm in trouble and, and you come along, like I'm being waylaid on the, on the street and you come by and you stop my attacker and you, and you protect me, you'd be a sotera. You'd be a rescuer, a deliverer. We're looking for a rescuer from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus last name. Jesus last name is, I guess, son of Joseph from Nazareth, something like that. But Christ is, it means king. It means anointed one, Messiah, the King Jesus. So we're looking from a rescuer from there, King Jesus. And yeah, ultimately it's going to be, he's going to come and, and, and take us all home. But even before that, even before that happens right now, notice what Jesus is able to do. He has the power that makes him able to subject all things to himself. So right now he has that power. And sometimes he exercises it, sometimes he doesn't. Most of the time he does. So imagine you're, uh, you're in Philippi, you're one of these veterans or the children or grandchildren of these veterans. And the barbarians, the, the Greeks, they get riled up. 
They get unruly. This happens from time to time. The barbarians start to resent Rome being there. And they start to, to, to pound at the gates. And, and then, then they get organized, right? And they start to come together. And they're attacking your, your town. All your people have to move off of the, 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 the farmland, move inside uh, the gates. There, What do you do if you're the Philippians? Who do you call? Not the Ghostbusters. Rome. You call the emperor. It's cool. Philippi is right on the, on, on the water. It's uh, on the Adriatic Sea. And it's a pretty much straight shot to, um, to Italy from there. So when the barbarians start attacking the gates, they're like, get someone on that boat. Tell, tell emperor so-and-so. You know? and, and then so Trajan or whoever gets the word, what? The barbarians are attacking Philippi? Thank goodness I've got all these legions. And the legions board the boats, and they come, and the barbarians get wiped out. Because no one stands up to the Roman legion. Paul's talking to the Philippians, he's like, hey, when things get bad, and they will, from time to time, you know, your culture, the heavenly culture, is going to start to really upset the barbarians around you. Some, most, most of the time, the barbarians will be fine with you. They, uh, you know, the people in Orange County uh, will look at the church and be like, eh, insane but harmless. Okay, and then, so they'll, they'll coexist with you, right? Uh, but from time to time, your very existence is going to begin to constitute a threat. Because they're going to be doing what they're doing, and, and you're going to be doing heavenly culture, and they're going to be like, that makes me feel guilty. And I don't like that. Where did all these intolerant bigots come from? Why are there so many racists here? And from time to time, the barbarians start to get angry. They get hostile. And that's when they start to threaten the church. They don't want to get rid of that colony. They don't like seeing heaven in their midst. And in that moment, the church, we're not strong enough, honestly, to protect ourselves. We're not. But we have a rescuer from home who has the power to subject all things to himself. It's the last thing you're no cheats. The Christian colony depends on King Jesus for rescue. Rescue. Uh, and Paul is very specific. Yeah, the, the ultimate rescue is when our bodies are transformed into uh, his glorious body. And we really do go home and we live um, comfortably for eternity. Uh, but in the meantime, this colony is going to be under threat from time to time. Now, so what? First off, yeah, it's, I think it's very important for us to remember what our identity is, right? And it, it is important for us to check ourselves and to recognize, it, I'm not an Irish American, okay? Uh, primarily. I'm not, you know, a Romanian American, primarily. I'm not 
any of these things primarily. Uh, what I really am is I'm a colonist. I'm a colonial from heaven invading a foreign land surrounded by barbarians on all sides, some of whom are kind, some of whom are hostile, but none of them, none of them until they join us, until they come and become citizens like us, are really us. Now, that was easy. It was an easy way to conceive of things in Paul's day uh, because the Roman Empire was pretty hostile to Christians. And not only that, there was no such thing as voting. Well, here we go. All right. Just send me your emails in the kindest, most loving way. When you do it, just the, I understand, I do. Just wait till you've cooled off a little bit. <laughs> then write your email. I'll forward it to Jack. If he approves, <laughs> then I'll read You may have heard there's an election coming up. Um, it's interesting, uh, as Americans especially, and just Westerners in general, we, we just assume that um, we make the government uh, the way we want it. Um, I don't know if that's working out super great for us now, um, but even if you think it is, take for a moment, seriously, the fact that we're a colony first from heaven and Americans second. Take seriously for a moment that our interests insofar as we have interests among the barbarians around us, um, are, is to get them to join us, and failing that, to make sure that we are a good witness, safe. Our, our, our interests are not primarily as Americans. Our interests are as a colony from heaven invading hostile territory. I know that there's a lot of you here who hate Donald Trump. It's funny, our church is, it's, it's, it's historically, you know, has been fairly conservative, and, and it, politically speaking. And uh, that's probably still the case to some extent. But what you don't know, for those of you who love Trump, is that there are many amongst you who can't stand him. They hate him. They tell me. Sometimes they post it on Facebook. So you may know who they are. Um... Whether you're, you know, if you hate Donald Trump, that's great. Um, when you're there deciding, you know, to vote for the president or uh, to vote for the local dog catcher, uh, has anyone looked at, I mean, the, the presidential race is so overwhelming, I haven't even looked at any other candidates for anything else. It's just been like I've been bombarded, but whatever the case. I, you're not, what, what you're doing when you vote is you're, you're saying, how can this best serve the interests of the colony? This is not, who's going to give me the best deal on my taxes? Okay, I, not that that's not important. Okay, it is. But it's, who is, so some of you, that you hate Donald Trump. One of the reasons that you hate Donald Trump is you believe that he gives uh, Christians a really bad name. Especially for those evangelicals who overwhelmingly, about 80% of evangelicals support uh, Donald Trump. And you look at that and you're horrified because you think this man is immoral, he's crazy, he's a disgrace. 
And so that's your, that's where you're coming from. You, you, you can't say, I want to say this when you're voting, you're voting for the interests of the colony. And if you believe deep down that he is ruining our reputation and making it more likely that we get persecuted, I get that. That to me is a legitimate vote. There's a lot of you here who love Donald Trump. MAGA. It was going to be keep America great, but then COVID came and he's like, back to form. We got to make America great again. I get that. And maybe uh, the reason that you support Donald Trump is that uh, he does, you know, the, the things that you think uh, should be done in our country. Wonderful. But I want you to think about your vote primarily as how to protect and advance the interests of the colony. And so you might say, you might say, well, I, I believe that there's a lot of people in our culture who are really hostile to the church. Really hostile. And if they had their way, we'd all just get sent off to the gulag. And I believe that a vote for Donald Trump might, might put that, might hold that off. Nice. I can get behind that. I don't want to go to the gulag. And if, uh, and if, and if, that's, if that's where we're coming, great. But if it's, you know what I love about this guy? I love the way he owns the libs. Love that. That seems to me like you're, you're putting the identity of being a Republican or you know whatever over and against uh, your identity as as, as colonial as, as a colony uh, col- uh, colonist from heaven. And conversely, if you're like this man, you know he's he's making us a mockery on the world stage. How can this stand? Well, I don't much. I mean, does does the colony care that much about how the Chinese think about Americans? Maybe. But, but probably not. And so I, I look at that and I'm like, eh, that's not really. When you are acting in a democratic society, you are carrying with you the colony. This comes first. We come first. And whether that leads you to end up on one or the other side of the floor, you're just like, that's it. I can't handle it no more. I get it. I do. But what I'm asking you to do is identify yourself primarily as a colonistic Coast Bible church and take that mentality with you as you engage the barbarians. Because in the end, friends, This is your real passport. This is what signifies your real home. This is what tells you who you are. And let that guide the way that we interact with the world. Let's pray. Gracious God in heaven, we acknowledge you as Father. We acknowledge that our citizenship, that our our heritage, our identity, it comes from you. It comes from being your children. It comes from being colonists from heaven on earth. That this little beachhead is an outpost where we do things your way. 
in the midst of a barbarian culture that treats its belly as God. Father, as we enter and continue to live in these extremely contentious times, times of vitriol, of of hatred, um, may we remember that we are your colonists and that our number one allegiance is to bringing your culture here. May that guide the way that we interact with others. May it guide the way that we vote. May it guide the way that we live. And may it burrow down in our consciousness so that when we think of who we are, we know that home is heaven. And this earth is just a place for our colony. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.